0: You're listening to KOOP, Hornsby, Austin, 91.7 FM, and on the web at koop.org. Welcome to Issues for Your Tissues, the definitive discourse on reproductive health and well-being with your host, Katie Vitale. The views and opinions expressed on Issues for Your Tissues may not necessarily reflect those of co-op, its board of directors, or anyone else anywhere else. The information offered is not a substitute for the advice of a licensed medical professional, which I am not. Thanks for tuning in to Issues for Your Tissues. Welcome back to Issues for Your Tissues. I'm your host, Katie Vitale. It's another Thursday night in Austin, Texas. Uh, Pretty warm out there. You could be listening here in the city at 91.7 FM, or you might be listening anywhere in the world at koop.org. If you are at the website, uh, you can go to the Issues for Your Tissues page to find links to past shows, to the Issues for Your Tissues Facebook and uh to you know all kinds of all kinds of wonderful issues for your tissues related good things and those are again at koop.org you can surf over to the schedule and if you look at Thursday night there it is issues for your tissues uh ready for you to to consume at your leisure uh and it's as always wonderful to be able to have the show available to you for two weeks afterward at Radio Free America, and eventually in the future, we will be on the on the podcast at iTunes, and those links are at the co-op website as well. So we've been talking a lot about oh, all kinds of stuff this summer related to um, sexual health and well-being. Well, as always, we're always talking about sexual health and well-being, but this is this can be. Um, while it doesn't happen easily for all of us, sexual health and well-being can be assisted in any number of ways by any number of wonderful professionals. So uh, I know that all of my guests are, you know, they've listened to all the shows and they know all about uh, Sexual Health Alliance and, you know, Southwest Sexual Health Alliance. It started right here in Austin with founders Dylan and Heather who uh, have come on the show to talk about some of their programs and the offerings that they have for the community. And uh, as of last year, you know that they had to, because of the demand, expand into new areas. So I wanted to bring them back on to talk about the expansions within the state of Texas. So joining me tonight, I have Heather McPherson, who is a certified sex therapist and licensed professional counselor. Uh, supervisor. She's also the Texas sex- section leader of the AASECT. And Heather, I always uh, mess that acronym up. What does that one stand
1: for? It's the American Association for Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists.
0: Yes, that is a mouthful. Um, and yes. <laughs> and we also have on the phone Stephanie Threadgill, who is the Dallas director of. Dallas Sexual Health Alliance, which is a uh, sister and a sister organization of Southwest Sexual Health Alliance. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining
2: tonight. Thank you for having me. So uh, so
0: Heather, I, I know that, well, all the listeners, they know all about Sexual Health Alliance because they're all about sexual health information and knowledge. But can you tell folks that might just, just have learned about issues for your tissues, can you tell them about how you got you got the the spark for this organization and and the beginnings of it.
1: <laughs> it's actually funny you used those uh, that word spark because yeah. uh, I started out in <laughs> private practice. But I'm still in private practice here in Austin, Texas, and my private practice is called Respark. And I practice uh, couples sex therapy, individual therapy, um, with a focus on sexual health. And I actually supervise several interns and associates too at Respark Therapy, and so I was in the field, and I was noticing that a lot of clients were coming to me from previous therapists, um, couples therapists, maybe a pastor that counseled them before they got married, or general therapist, and, or social worker, and they had either not had their sexual issues addressed, or perhaps they were ashamed, or it was just kind of um, uh, gone over very, very quickly <laughs> um, as an evidence of the discomfort of the therapist. And so this is something that's actually been talked about in the sex therapy field for many, many decades, that general therapists and educators and um, health care providers do not get any training in sexual health. So you can become a couples therapist and not have any even one course in sexuality.
0: Yeah, which that, is crazy. That me. is a crazy glaring um, mis- yeah. misstep or absence, lack. Yeah. I don't even right. know how to describe right.
1: it. Right. Yeah. And even even doctors get, you know, uh, maybe three hours or more of um, training in sexuality, but it's usually anatomy-based. And so we hear all kinds of horrific stories of people going to, even a gy- gynecologist or a regular doctor or nurse, and um, they have had these horrible conversations about sexual health and sexuality. And so, our mission initially has always been to provide high-quality training from the top experts in the field to general therapists and medical professionals um, that haven't received enough training throughout their graduate and um, doctors and masters training programs. So, we have that piece. And then we also open it up to everyone. So, any kind of sex geek or nerd who wants to come take part in the fun um, is welcome, and and that's the, the other piece that's really important for us is that we want to make this fun, uh, and and that's actually a lot more it's, it's harder said to, it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> um, because education can be um, sometimes very dry, especially when we're talking about sex, because of there's so much information to share and there's uh, so much. Um, jargon sometimes these aren't out there about um, specific areas of sexuality and so making it accessible and desirable and fun to everyone uh, is a huge piece of our mission
0: it it really sounds like uh there there needs to be more education everywhere this is something that i've talked about with other guests related to other specific topics and whether it's about um transgender teens needing information or mm-hmm. adults or parents or school teachers um dealing with questions from young young people or uh just I don't think there is anyone who who could say I don't need to learn anything else about sexuality or about Yeah,
1: it's really it's really everyone which is why we formed the Southwest Sexual Health Alliance because We saw such a huge need, and I'm so sorry to cut you off right there, but we saw such a huge need in the community to offer this type of training, and what we found is that all these other cities and communities um, saw what we were doing in Austin, and they wanted to do it too in their community. I mean, our mission was to build, and still is to build, well-informed communities that are all-inclusive. Um, And these communities help spark dialogue and encourage collaboration between professionals and groups um, in that area. And so that's why we formed the parent organization of the Sexual Health Alliance, and now it includes the Southwest Sexual Health Alliance, the Great Lakes Sexual Health Alliance. And we're about to launch the Golden Coast Sexual Health Alliance in L.A. too. So maybe you'll have me on another show to talk all about that fun. <laughs> That's
0: but right.
1: Show, we're talking about the Southwest Sexual Health Alliance, which is in Austin. And we're going into Houston and DFW Dallas and Fort Worth area in the fall. So we're launching that in the fall, which is really exciting.
0: I am excited to hear about that. And that is why we have Stephanie Threadgill on. Stephanie is going to be the director of the Sexual Health Alliance in Dallas, and she is a sex therapist and couples therapist at the Sex Therapy Institute. Stephanie, can you tell me how you got to uh, be uh, counseling in this field? Is this something that you started off doing? Like you knew when you went to school, I'm going to be a sex therapist. This is necessary.
2: (laughs) No, I actually, uh, my first degree is in marketing. I had a business degree, so um, I worked in in the business world for a while, um, but I always felt uh, like there was something more that I wanted to do. And um, but in terms of counseling, once I decided that I wanted to be a therapist, I went in specifically knowing I wanted to be a sex therapist.
0: And is this because, you, you know, like just a lot of exposure to hearing about other people's issues and in relationships with sexuality? Or can you tell us a little bit more about about why you knew that or how you knew that came to know that?
2: Sure. Um, I think it was more or less that I would, uh, you know, I went back to school much later in life. Um, I'm, I'm 40 now, so at that time there were a lot of friends getting married, going to couples counseling, some getting divorced, and um, you know, the old couples um, therapy paradigm was you improve the conversation and communication, and the sex gets better, and it it didn't work. And in fact, it made people communicate better, couples communicate better, but the sex didn't necessarily follow. Um, And so I became really interested in sex therapy and how it might be different and um, and how I could help couples, especially in the, in the Dallas area.
0: I wanted to remind listeners that you're tuned into issues for your tissues on co-op radio. My guests tonight, Heather McPherson and Stephanie Threadgill, who are sex therapists in Austin and in Uh, Dallas respectively they're here talking about the sexual health alliance that is uh, now opening in Dallas in the fall you can find out more about sexual health alliance at their website sexualhealthalliance.com I'm going to share that on the issues for your tissues Facebook page later this evening so that when you are you know listening to the show on radio free America or excited about uh, learning more about participating in one of these programs if you feel like a sex geek then you can visit their website and learn about the things that are going on to, um, to, I guess, improve and expand the, uh, the education and good information that's out there for folks. So again, sexualhealthalliance.com. When. How did you and Stephanie meet, or uh, maybe Stephanie wants to take that? Or <laughs> um, w- w- how did how do you know that this was uh, this was the place and, and the time and the, the people that you needed?
1: Well, maybe Stephanie can build upon this. But um, <laughs> we we originally, uh, I believe, met in Puerto Rico. Is that right, Stephanie? Yes, at the AIC conference. Yeah, we we were listening to a presentation in Puerto Rico, and Stephanie came up to me afterwards and said, "I love what you're doing with the Buffalo Sexual Health Alliance, and we need this in Dallas." And so uh, we just started to make a plan about how that's going to happen.
0: So, Stephanie, um, would you say that Dallas? Is it that when a, when you say a community needs? Uh, sexual Health Alliance. Like I know that all communities do, right? But is sure. uh, is there a metric or some kind of um, of cities? Are there enough uh, sex therapists per capita? Or how how do we how do we determine that we? I know we always need more. But wh- what is uh wh- what was it for you that made you decide that this was needed there?
2: Um, you know, it, it started for me when I went into private practice and I started to market myself and. I noticed that when I was filling out my therapist directory profile on Psychology Today that you could just click a box and say I'm a sex therapist. And I thought this is so strange because I've been in Asex since I started, you know, school um uh, in 2011 and have been going to the conferences and really have dedicated my my practice to um sexuality and uh, and education and so it really um surprised me that you could just essentially um click a box and and make yourself one without really having the education because as heather said earlier i had one course in human sexuality in my master's program
0: so when people are one of the lucky ones to actually even have right right
2: because some have none yeah
0: (laughs) did you have so you had to elect or choose that as as Mm -hmm. an elective or it was like something that you had to seek out and not part of the core curricula
2: In in my program, it was in the core curricula only because I chose, I triple tracked, you know, SMU, the way Southern Methodist University, the way that it's um, set up is that you've got uh, marriage and family therapy, licensed professional counselor, and uh, licensed chemical dependency counselor. And so um, LPCs ideally work with individuals, that's how you're trained, um, and MFTs with couples. So as part of the MFT track, I, I received one course in human sexuality.
0: So, when people are checking other boxes for LPC or for different uh, specialty in counseling, uh, is there some kind of board certification or a test or some kind of hours that they have to upkeep for that? And that's and that's not not the sex therapy. No, but Um, for the others, Florida is the
2: only state that requires education or or board certification to call oneself a sex therapist.
0: Well, that's surprising. I didn't expect Florida to be the state that would do that, but I, <laughs> something tells me yeah. that there's a Floridian story behind the sure. behind that one there. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the reality is that there's such a huge need all across the country for this information, and, and the fact that um, all general therapists and all healthcare providers Um, rarely even get one class in in human sexuality or sex therapy um, or sexual health. That says something um, about our culture and about, um, you know, where we're at in um, our society. And so, you know, when you were asking, you know, how do we decide what, what cities to go into, you know, Dallas being kind of historically conservative, um, it's actually a, a really big city, right? It's one of the biggest cities in the country, and so our goals are to to be in the biggest cities with the most population because of how we'll create the most change long term.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good strategy for uh, affecting and you know touching the most people. When, right. Uh, Absolutely. So, is uh, do we can we expect that the Dallas Sexual Health Alliance is going to have? Uh, the same kinds of programs that are available in in Austin. So um, the the exceptional lectures and geek book club or different things have have you guys plotted that stuff out yet,
2: Stephanie?
1: Absolutely. Yes, yeah, Stephanie, you can kind of talk about that. But yeah, of thing is absolutely
2: <laughs> right. So uh, it, the Dallas Southwest Sexual Health Alliance is going to mirror in um, the Austin alliance as well. Um, our our hope is that our speakers will have the opportunity to be able to come to all the Dallas, I mean, all the Texas cities um, where the alliances are so that, um, you know, if, if if you're unable to attend in Dallas, you could go to Austin um, and see that presenter. Um, so it will very much mirror the same kind of programs. Oh, that's great. So- and that actually
1: is what we'll be doing um, in the fall. Yes. Um, our fall Speaker will be traveling to um, Dallas and then Austin. And so the goal is to have, you know, kind of go on a Texas tour or even a Lions tour all across the country.
0: So people could, you know, effectively follow their, their speakers around and hear them more than once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people actually have traveled to Austin to see mm-hmm. a exceptional lecture. I mean, we had people come in from out of the state to see mm-hmm. our previous lectures, and so we were really surprised with that, but we kind of thought, wow, there's such a community that people are traveling out of the state to see this. Um, why don't we have it lo- locally? And that kind of goes along with our mission of building well-informed communities locally. Um, we also have a global community online, Which we launched last year. So we have annual membership through the Sexual Health Alliance, which anyone in the world can join, and they receive exclusive access um, to members-only interviews from experts in the field. They receive an online newsletter with information, research—you know, latest critical research in the field. um, Sometimes interaction with—you know—different lectures when they come to their city, if if they do have one in their city. Right now but some a lot of times we have people join you know outside of where we have a sexual health alliance currently um, or even in another country because they want access to all the information Mm -hmm. into our previous exceptional lectures that we have recorded um, and they also want to be able to market themselves as a member of the sexual health alliance and Mm so we just want that that program and it's been really fantastic too is the um...
0: Well, it sounds like it'd be really exciting for A A A S S E C T folks to uh, to be participating in, since um, you know there's not a standard certification or a way to get CEUs, uh, or I don't know of another way for folks to get um, any kind of continuing education uh, in a from a good source in this way. Um, do right, yeah do Do you find that? Uh, that there is uh or have you found a lot of people asking to or ready to start up branches i know that we had um spoken briefly about about houston earlier when Mm -hmm. when we were emailing um uh -hmm. do we have any other um sexual health alliance uh member cities in in the works or in the plan in the immediate plan i should say
1: yeah that's a really good question um I have people contact me all the time wanting to start something in the Pacific Northwest or in Canada or in the Northeast, and it's about kind of finding that special magic, right? The few people that are really dedicated to bringing high-quality sex education to their community, and they're going to do the work to put it in. And so, yeah, Houston's launching in the fall. Um, And we're really excited about that. We are about to announce, which um, we haven't officially announced online, we've just announced um, just that special event that we're about to launch globally, the Golden Coast Sexual Health Alliance, which will be in Los Angeles. And so that's something coming, which is really, really exciting. But yeah, I mean, I think that having continuing education in the biggest Metroplex of the country is something that is really important to us and uh, we've had a lot of people contact us for that we offer CEUs locally for you know the state licenses and we also offer ASEC CEUs to become um, a certified therapist educator or counselor through the American Association for Sexuality Educators counselors and therapists Um, we also just launched our online highly specialized certification programs, which we have a wait list that's growing by the day that is just massive. I'm so surprised about the interest for that. But you can find that on and We have several highly specialized certifications within the field of sexuality where you can really kind of get specialized training from, again, the top experts in the field, the ones that have written several books on that specific topic um, in in specific sexual health area. Areas.
0: Could you tell us about some of the areas that are seeing lots of demand?
1: Absolutely. So, we just held a successful lecture here in Austin on sexual disabilities, which is great. And specifically in the healthcare area, um, they they aren't typically trained on um, how disabilities can affect their sexuality, and so that's one of the certificate programs that. We initially started um, our other one, and, and again, we launched these programs back in April after a couple of months of planning. So, we were the first ones to get out highly specialized certificate programs, which is really exciting for us to be on the frontier of that. And our first one was certified kink competence certificate programs. So, you could become a certified kink competence educator or professional because, as we know, um, there's a lot of pro- in the country that could serve from learning really specific knowledge about kink and BDSM. We also have Consensual Non-Monogamy Certificate Program, which is just kind of, it, it's it's crazy how much popularity open and poly relationships have gotten recently in the media. And even in specific research has been out of how popular it's becoming um, in our culture nowadays. And so we have that highly specialized certificate program, which will be actually with Tristan Terramino, which is um, a star in the field. She she wrote several books, um, including one of them called Opening Up, Creating Susania Guide for Open Relationships, which I actually often refer to my clients. Um, it's a really great guide to open relationships. And then we have to also have Dr. Alyssa Sheff, which is a pioneer in the field as well, and she has done... Um, just a, an amazing job of research in this field and in contributions to this field of consensual non-monogamy. Um, for the Certified Kink Competent Program, we partnered with the leading organizations in the world. Um, we have TASHA, which is the, alter- the Alternative Sexualities Health Research Alliance, which they do amazing research addressing the health care needs of sexual outsiders. And then we have CARES, which... Um, is they promote alternative sexuality research, and they also provide education for mental health professionals. So we partnered with those two organizations with Dr. Anna Randall and Dr. Richard Sprout. Wow! And then also Dr. Neil Cannon is also on that program, and he's he's our resident psychotherapist, um, and will be giving um, several courses for that King Competent Therapist program. The, the specific one for, for therapists. But as I said, they'll, they'll be for all professionals. So not just therapists and anyone who wants to learn more.
0: Right. Because, uh, sexuality affects all, all aspects of life. Not just, uh, not just a bedroom or, or any room or, exactly. you know, it's, it's not just about the sex itself. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so really exciting.
0: Yeah, that that really is. Uh, I'm excited to to uh, to welcome or to be able to give the issues for your tissues welcome to the Dallas uh, Sexual Health Alliance. And, Thank you. Yeah, and have um, have Stephanie here to to talk more with us about um, about why uh, not just why it's important, but uh, how how this is going to improve this is going to improve uh, a lot of things in dallas i think that uh it's it might be hard to measure afterward like we can uh, you can talk about how many people that you're serving directly but each of those people goes out and serves so many more people right. so uh the the effects are going to be far reaching so i think it's a great strategy to go into uh larger cities where i guess this is also probably uh is it fair to say Stephanie that it's a uh, um, more accepted to go to see a sex therapist in a larger city rather than a smaller one is or is that just close minded of me
2: um I don't know about that, but what I can say is that when I looked up uh, locate a professional on the asEC website there were I believe less than ten in the DFW area that were asex certified um and Fewer that are actually practicing sex therapists uh, um are very few that are practicing sex therapists And so I saw a huge need and not only that but um, in terms of mentoring So whenever I graduated from my program and I was opening my private practice it was very difficult to find Supervisors and, and people that I can consult with, with on my cases that were specifically sexually related since all of mine are um when, you know, I have an MFT supervisor. So really ASEC it was a great way for me to get some supervision early on in my in my career. Um, but also a way as a way to bridge the community for those therapists who are working in sexuality related fields or um, you know, even healthcare providers that might be dealing with those issues or public floor specialists. Um, my main goal is really to to connect the community and be a resource.
0: It sounds like you've been doing a lot of the legwork already uh when uh, When we talk about having only ten um professional sex therapists in in a, a big area of uh you know millions of people uh, that doesn't that doesn't sound like enough when we consider that um, that most relationships will uh will encounter some kind of uh disagreement which may or may not lead to a dysfunctional sexual relationship for some period of time and who might ultimately benefit from, uh, something like sex therapy or, uh, Stephanie, when, when would you recommend, or when, what are some red flags or some, some situations or times in which you think that people might benefit from visiting with a sex therapist?
2: Um, what I, what I encourage couples to do is to come in when you get bored. Don't wait 10 years, 15 years. Um, and then come into sex therapy because then you've got the added, you know, um, resentment and frustration and all those feelings that go along with, uh, you know, a strained sexual relationship. So wow. that would be one in terms of couples. In terms of individuals, uh, my practice is, uh, my specialty is working with male sexuality. So I see a lot of uh, males come in with uh, sexual functioning issues, uh, low desire. Those are, those are the common, most, the two most common that I see in my practice.
0: Do you see or do you get to, when you say you talk to other professionals uh, about certain cases, do you get to work with their primary doctors or their urologists or um, other folks? Do you have like a team to help them with this? Is that how it's structured?
2: No. um, When I was speaking about supervision, it was just in terms of, you know, going into private practice my first year and wanting to have someone who is educated in sexuality, Um, such as ASEC certified or or whatnot, um, or maybe somebody who would be a member of the Alliance at this point, right, Um, that there would be resources to get that training, uh, to be able to go to these lectures, to these exceptional uh, lectures and webinars, and and that's how I initially found Heather, is I was seeking that information, and I ended up um, joining some of the webinars and then uh, introduced myself to her at the conference.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And when we so is it is it safe or is there a way to estimate like how many people are needing more of this like i know that 10 just doesn't sound like enough for for a million a few million people in dallas or as many it just, i just i feel like um like you're doing a lot of work and bringing a lot of attention to it do you Uh, Do you find yourself uh, with a plan to be a mentor for other sex therapists that come up, or do you guys see this as a way of converting other counselors?
2: Well, I wouldn't say converting, but I I think, you know, as marital therapists in Dallas, as a couples therapist, if I have several couples that have gone to a marital therapist that didn't have the training, and then, so they sought sex therapy later, I, I, my Ideally, it would be that they could get the training from the Alliance and provide, you know, a sexuality therapy uh, or be able to um, deal with sexual concerns with couples effectively.
0: So just be able to round out yeah. their knowledge so they're able yes. to help yes. them while still being the, the therapist of their choosing, yeah? Absolutely. Or the Right,
1: exactly. even. I mean, I think, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think as even, um, as even general therapists, you have... I have a general knowledge of all the different areas Mm -hmm. of psychotherapy and all the different concerns, and so, you know, in school, we get, you know, a good idea of how to work with clients, how to sit with clients, how to understand their issues, and how to move them toward growth, and I think that that can um, be really helpful for all concerns, right? But I think that whenever a, th- a general therapist starts to specialize and starts to work with specific populations, they go and get more training, right? And so the problem we have with the um, general providers, you know, general therapists and healthcare providers, is that they didn't even have that basic training. Um, with a lot of them not even having one course, that basic training of just how to talk about sex, but much less like how to assess if there's sexual issues um and couples specifically right the top two concerns are sex and money and so if we have a couples therapist that doesn't know how to talk about sex that doesn't even know how to assess if there is an issue so that they can even just refer out that's a really big problem it's a really even their comfort level right issues yeah yeah it's a really significant ethical issue
0: definitely it sounds like that could potentially do more more harm than good if if exactly. those things aren't identified and and brought brought to light sooner than later uh, especially when exactly. like S- stephanie when you started talking about the resentment that can come like it couldn't it was hard to fathom somebody waiting 10 15 years to voice a concern about their relationship mm-hmm. in or the the couple or their partner or their their being with the partner that that is uh that's heartbreaking um
2: or maybe they went to a, a marital therapist who hadn't been trained in sexuality or wasn't comfortable right. with talking about sex lives. So they ended up talking a lot about communication, but really didn't address their sex lives. Um, that's more often what I see um, in the couples that have come to me after they've gone to general therapists. And that being said, um, I refer out. You know, my my practice is sex therapy, so I see all sexuality cases. Um, If somebody comes in for depression, I refer out to someone who I know specializes in depression. So I think it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, we might have a general knowledge as therapists, but I I agree with Heather in terms of ethics. um, And I maybe even take it a step further than Heather, but um, in terms of I I refer out. Because I feel like, you know, if somebody's going to be spending the time and money on therapy, um, they should go to someone who specializes in that. Absolutely. And I think that even
1: when general therapists, um, you know, possibly have have taken a step and done their own work around sexual issues um, and maybe even have taken that one or two classes, they can still do a lot of harm when dealing with specific um, sexuality issues. And so, you know, I, I think that the basic level of just being able to talk about it, being able to assess when there is a problem and then referring out is really what our goal is. Um, because whenever we're dealing with more complex sexuality issues, even if we don't maybe initially think it's complex, um, it's so easy for our biases to come into the room and our judgment, and, you know, there's the the joke of, you know, how much sex is too much or how much sex is enough, and it really just is based on how much sex your therapist is having. (laughs) Um, And so if you're a therapist, if your therapist believes that you know oh yeah that's fine then oh you're okay but if if they think ooh, i don't know that sounds like a lot just because of their own personal experiences then that can do a lot of harm
0: yeah i I can see how that would be not not beneficial and and in fact potentially harmful um i wanted to remind Mm -hmm. listeners you're tuned into issues for your tissues i'm your host katie vitale my guests tonight we have Stephanie Threadgill, who is a sex therapist and couples therapist. She's going to be the director, or she is the director of the Dallas mm-hmm. Sexual Health Alliance. And Heather McPherson, who is a, sex therap- a certified sex therapist and a licensed marriage and family therapist, also section leader of the AASECT, and she is the founder of Uh, Sexual Health Alliance started as Southwest Sexual Health Alliance and uh, is here in Austin uh, working on that. She uh, and well, both of them, all of the things we're talking about can be found or a lot of it can be found at sexualhealthalliance.com where they have their website. It's available to you to learn more about the programs and the locations because in addition to Dallas opening up, there's also the Great Lakes uh, location, and we talked about that one last fall. And then up and coming, uh, Golden Coast—I like that name—and Houston. Uh, so it, there's going to be like a whole. It's going to be a sexy lecture circuit eventually. So uh, we just—that's <laughs> right. That, yeah, it really, it really will be. Um, Heather, could you tell us uh, about the next exceptional lecture series? Is that the one that you were referring to in the fall? It's going to hit both Austin and Dallas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Austin just had their last one with Dr. Mitchell Tepper um, actually last weekend on sexy disabilities, sexual disabilities. And we Mm -hmm. had a little roundtable afterwards um, with Soul Illumination doing ASL interpretation, which was really powerful because we had a lot of people from the deaf community at that. So it was wonderful to talk about all the different types of disabilities that are incorporated whenever we are that we should think about whenever we think about um, sex and disabilities. So our next exceptional lecture actually will be with Charlie Glickman. And he is an educator that's currently in Seattle and he's going to be coming to Dallas and then Austin um, sometime in the fall. We're looking at October. So join our email list at sexualhealthalliance.com to find out more information but Charlie Glickman really has um done a huge amount of work in the field he's written several books um several different types of books <laughs> i'm looking at his website right now and one of the books is the ultimate guide to prostate pleasure um an erotic exploration for men and their partners he's written several other um other great contributions to the field and we'll be talking about shame uh, for his exceptional lecture and it'll be titled "Shameless." <laughs> um i don't know if you i like that anyone, yeah i don't know if anyone has has been listening um or watching tim ferris that he has a show called fear less and he says the goal isn't to be fearless it's to fear less so fear less of the fear <laughs> and so um you know i, I don't know if that's what um, Stephanie was talking about whenever she came up with the shame less. It was, it was our brilliant Stephanie Threadgill and Dallas who came up with that title. But that's what, immediately where my mind went to is that, um, you know, how do we shame? How do we have less shame when we're talking about the sexual issues? Sure. And Charlie Glickman will be talking about that.
0: That is is really important material right there we're going to talk more about that when we come back from a quick break we need to hear some announcements and and then share more issues for your tissues with you so stay tuned welcome back to issues for your tissues i'm your host katie vitale my guests tonight heather mcpherson founder and sex therapist uh she is at um respark therapy and she founded Sexual Health Alliance here in Austin, and I also have Stephanie Threadgill on the line. Stephanie is the director of the Dallas Sexual Health Alliance, which is uh, kicking out or off, starting up, taking uh, taking control of the dissemination of uh, sexual health information <laughs> in Dallas, which is necessary and uh, will be certainly welcome and helpful from uh, what she shared so far. Uh, she is uh, practicing at the sex therapy institute uh, you can find more information on uh, information on uh, heather on sexual health alliance uh, at sexualhealthalliance.com um, before the break we we touched on something that i think is crucially important for for folks especially um men uh this this shame and Stephanie you said you work with a lot of men and I don't know maybe it's uh I I like to think that um women might speak more freely about sexual issues that they're encountering with with folks with with other women or with maybe more likely to to seek therapy than than guys again um I I don't have any information or statistics Mm. to prove that but uh after Mm -hmm. things like you had brought up um or Heather had brought up prostates. Something like a prostate surgery can lead guys to have some sexual issues, and then have a lot of shame sh- surrounding those. Can you tell sure. us about uh, some of the experiences you've had in uh, in un- undoing that, or in trying to undo that with folks?
2: Uh, well, first, I would like to say um, I would say uh, I've kept track of all the inquiries that have come my way since I've been in private practice and 95% of the inquiries have been from men. Uh, I think that that is because the fact that I specialize in working with men, but it didn't start out that way. Um, I think it's because women have girlfriends, sisters, uh, doctors that they, they can talk to. Um, I also think that it's very normalized that a woman uh, would lose her libido over time and uh so it's not seen as as urgent if you will uh with men i don't they typically report that they don't have the social support with other men to talk to you about sex, and if they go to doctors, it's usually you know a quick visit, and so they they seek um sex therapy for th- for those reasons uh but to answer your question in terms of shame, uh I see that play out a lot um with my patients with Erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation specifically um but two uh, you're right, prostate issues come up as well um and also low desire because it's um you know there's this cultural idea that you know men are always willing and wanting um and ready for sex at any moment
0: that's pretty damaging to guys just as it sure. is to to women, don't you think yes yes uh when and when we talk about uh having those kinds of support networks um are are there support groups for guys who are do they have any desire to talk to each other about this after after some sessions with you or is that something that that you think would be well received after a while
2: um with the patients that i've seen typically uh, i would say no but what i as a marital uh, marriage and family therapist i always encourage the partner to come in and it generally ends up as couples therapy uh, because it is a couple issue not not a, a, a an individual issue in the relationship.
0: Oh, that is So I is think that true. there's support in that way. Well that can be I mean um very uh very rewarding to see somebody um, lose or or uh, abandon or shame themselves less or have less shame surrounding uh something that they thought was uh, damaging to their sense of identity um when sure. and when we talk about those um like how how do you, how would we begin to undo some of the uh societal damage that those those enforced or the enforcement of those kinds of gender roles or ideas about gender like how how do we as a society um be kinder to each other to uh, you know cause less shame and fear and anxiety among like how mm-hmm. do we how can we do that for each other
2: so um i think that's what the alliance is 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 aiming for as well as to um give the information uh so that these myths or cultural ideas that um are shaming or harmful don't perpetuate moving forward uh, that's where i start um it, with my couples uh is but you know because a lot of times there's shame on the on the other partner's perspective as well right like it must be my fault that this person um has this sexual issue and that's why i say it became, it's a couple's issue not a not an individual issue so i would say first it's debunking the myths and and providing those the accurate information um and then exactly what we're trying to do with with Charlie Glickman is to really address the shame and um you know and work through that
0: yeah that that's, uh, that's again one of those things easier easier said than done, and it's sure. gonna be like a long term and hopefully hopefully we get to see um the societal shift that Southwest or the sexual health alliance is able to foment in all these cities from west coast to eventually east coast uh I think that talking more about sex can or will will reduce the taboo and the uh, hesitance and the stigma around being open about um, potential dysfunction or displeasure or um, any kind of performance issues male or female or uh, any any issues of any person really, um, Heather, could you speak to how you feel that uh, that sexual health alliance has helped to um, cut the the, the stigma, or at least uh, address it and and start teasing it apart?
1: Absolutely. You know, it's so funny. During the commercial, I think one of the first um, commercials with the, was the Alamo Draft House at Mueller, and we actually um, are at the Alamo Draft House at Mueller Barrel Fund Bar every month now doing sex nerd trivia. We have a standing appointment there, um, doing our sex nerd trivia and bingo bingo, and just fun games with the Southwest Sexual Alliance here in Austin. And so, um, you know, last month we kicked that off and there was a full house. There wasn't one seat, in, one seat empty, which was just absolutely crazy for us, but we had uh, just amazing people leading on stage. We had Adam Bauer of um, a counselor here in Austin. And we had Emily Bridge uh, was a social worker here in Austin, they both were leading our Sexner trivia and our bingo bingo at the Almodrock Testimulator, and that's every month. And so I think that, you know, that's, that's a piece of what we're trying to do, is that that's a really fun game that people can come to and win awesome prizes. Um, we had prizes from Men's Packageware and Uberloop and um, we know we get more and more every day sometimes we have forbidden food sometimes we have adult megaplex and you know just a lot of just fun um prizes that people can win for winning uh Six-Mere trivia or bingo bingo um or other fun games that we have so you know, we've had uh, couples come out to that event uh, and learn about sexual health and learn about things that maybe they wouldn't think about or go home and have conversations about it. And even in our exceptional lecture series, uh, we always have people buy tickets in pairs. It's surprising how often people buy tickets in pairs, and, and I assume that's it's for a friend or a partner uh, that they want to come along with them. And, you know, I've even had clients you know, want to come on their own accord (laughs) to a lecture to learn more information. And so I think that it's a a community that we're building and there's a lot of different areas that people can get involved in, whether or not, you know, going to a successional lecture or going to maybe, you know, a book club or sectional trivia. And, you know, when we launch in other cities, we start out with this successional lecture series because we think that that's the most important um event that we could have is just like a, a high quality you know top expert the field come to the city and um and give information about sexual health and how to integrate it into your life immediately and we always try to have something fun attached to it whether it be sex or trivia or something else um to make it really accessible and desirable for people to come out but i think that it's it's uh, a long term game and we have seen a shift here in Austin. I think um, we have so many people that are coming to every single event, which is kind of amazing. And we have, you know, as I said before, people in all the other cities wanting to start something locally where they are at. And so, I think that we're seeing we're seeing a cultural shift around people wanting to access this information, and it's so difficult to find. Accurate information online nowadays, and so um, people wanting to find a community, they're wanting to find accurate information, and this is a shame-free spot to get it.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, one of the things that I've become aware of uh, recently was that a lot with the decrease in uh, sexual education for schools, uh, public schools, kids in public mm-hmm. schools, or I should say, young adults in public schools uh, a lot of sexual education is you know can be from porn on the internet and people think that or young kids might think that this is what sexuality is this is how i am supposed to behave um have either of you come across trying or uh, any like that in your practice or is that something that that you've seen yet, or are these um, young adults still too young to have found themselves in a sex therapist's office?
1: Oh no, absolutely. I mean, I, I have clients call every day concerned about their porn use and concerned about um, you know perhaps that they're watching too much or they don't know um, if it's a problem. And you know, I, I I've written a couple of times on this topic too for different media outlets online and. Something that I like to say is that you don't want to um, learn how to drive from watching Fast and the Furious. And so you don't want to learn about sex <laughs> from watching porn. It's all safe. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy world. And if you ever watch porn being filmed, it's totally not sexy. And so... Um, you know, it's, it's all staged, and there's lighting, and there's production, and there's cameras. And, and sometimes, you know, porn can be really normalizing for people. It can help people learn about different positions or different toys or, you know, just different things that they may want to try or that they not have been interested in, and then they see it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I really want to do that. Um, but just learning about sex in general as a whole from porn isn't the greatest, and so uh, you definitely want to supplement the education with um, really high quality um, information. And and figuring out what is high quality information is something that I think what is, is something that the Sexual Health Alliance is doing. We're sifting through that information. We're figuring out who are the people who are getting through, who have written the top books, who have educated all across the world already and um, and how do how do we bring them locally on a local level for people to come and learn from them and and, and we couldn't do any of that without people supporting us um, mm-hmm. without the people who actually come to the lectures and without the people who are sponsors um, mm-hmm. people who who sponsor us and support our lecture series are fundamental to us actually doing this work because it takes. It takes so much to mm-hmm. um, to put on these events, and so you know, if you're a company, you know, it, it could be any regular old, old company, you know, <laughs> whether it's right. a, it doesn't it's have to our be a Lube or company or anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, anything, any company. And you are sex positive, and you want to support sex education. Um, you want to support high-quality sex education. Contact should they us. should they go to the website
0: and find? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that website sexualhealthalliance.com, dot com. You can find more information about uh, displaying your sex positivity in a constructive way. I mean, there there are many constructive ways, but this is one of them. Uh, if you visit sexual health alliance, um, and uh, just I wanted to shout out of this. Nachimama's Mama's game night that's coming up Wednesday, July 26th at the Barrel of Fun, mm-hmm. which is uh, not too far. That's in the uh, in the Co-op neighborhood, and uh, that's from eight to ten p.m. There at the Alamo, uh, the new the newest Alamo at Mueller, and that's going to be the sex nerd trivia and bingo bango. Dare I ask what bingo bango is? <laughs>
1: A really fun, dirty
0: bingo. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. I got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so we have talked about, I feel like we, we're, you know, as always, I feel like we're barely scratching the surface of, of um, sexuality and health information. Stephanie, I wanted to check in with you and see if there was anything else you wanted to share about the the Dallas uh, Sexual Health Alliance or about your practice or about the folks here or there, anywhere. Um, and just make sure that we, we hear from you.
2: Sure, um, I am really, really excited. This has been a process in the making and I, I'm so happy, you know, we launched, we had a first, like an, um, I guess a preliminary launch in June and um, I'm planning on uh, having some other maybe happy hours and kind of launch events to keep the conversation going and, and get bind the community together. Uh, before our first exceptional lecture with Charlie Glickman. So I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Well, I want to thank you for joining me tonight and sharing more. The more we talk about it, I think the more we, we can normalize and break down that stigma. So keep up all of the good work. Thank,
1: thank
2: you, and you so thank much you for having Katie, us. For Yeah, thanks so much for having us. All right. Good night, you guys. Good night. Good night.